I want to urge you to get all of these documents. They are all available uh, online. Um, can you put up the, there it is, blazetvspecial.com. All of these documents. Did we include the original Chinese or just the translation? They're the original Chinese, but if you use Google, you can translate okay. it. Um, and it's so important that, look, I've done controversial specials in the past for many, 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 many years. And we had the time to be able to f put up with the nonsense. It's a conspiracy theory because they were things to come. This is happening right now. They are farther down this road than you can possibly imagine. And I would ask you, if you're somebody who is watching this because your friend said, you go to watch this and you're like, I hate this guy. Ask your friend, or just look me up, <laughs> Glenn Beck Conspiracy Theories, and uh, you will see that it was a conspiracy theory when I said that we were going to have a banking collapse in 2008. It was a conspiracy when I said Osama bin Laden is going to be responsible for buildings, bodies, and blood in the streets of Manhattan. And he means it, and you got to pay attention to it. When I said that in 1999, it was a conspiracy theory. We know what happened. We know what happened when I gave the conspiracy theory that uh, the Middle East was going to melt down and it would spread. There'd be an Arab Spring that wasn't so good. Conspiracy theory. All of these things that I have talked about have been right. The latest special, which was, of course, a conspiracy theory, um, on the impeachment of Donald Trump. I went into that fully expecting that there would be something that Trump had done with the, with the Russians that looked bad and whatever. I did the research. We spent months on that research and countless amounts of money. And now what was called a conspiracy theory is now being verified by the federal government right now. All of those chalkboards were right. The people who are calling it a conspiracy theory are the people in the media. And the people in the media, it's quite amazing. One of the arguments against me has been, well, if this was really happening, how come he's the only guy talking about it? I don't even think I have to answer that now, do I? Of course we're the only ones talking about it. Us and a small handful of other people. They are part of the problem in the mainstream media. Now, if you still trust the mainstream media, good luck. Good luck to you. If you don't, and you don't trust me, who do you trust? Who do you trust? Do you trust yourself to be smart enough to read these documents yourself and then do independent? None of this is from me. These are all legitimate documents from the source. You can see and read all of them yourself. I don't ask for your trust. I ask that you trust yourself. You know something isn't right. When you see the third chalkboard, you're going to know what it is. But you have to be able to... It's not enough that we have done this research. This is the truth that I have found, and my, my partners here have found, and other researchers around the world have found. This has been 600 days of work, two years of work on research. But you have to make it yours, which means to be a, a good citizen, you have to do more than listen to a boob like me tell you about it. You have to do the work yourself. Make it yours. Because it's not good enough to say, I don't know, I just watched the special and he was talking about it. You have to have it and know that it's true yourself. All right, let's go to the third chalkboard. There are three narratives surrounding this story. One, COVID was a lab leak. 
Two, COVID is a natural virus jumping from animal to human. And the U.S. might have been involved in some way. All right. Both narratives, one and three, at various times, could get you deplatformed, certainly will get you ridiculed and mocked merely for asking the questions. Remember, the lab leak theory has now gone mainstream. And after seeing everything I just showed you, I don't see how anyone could doubt that that's at least a legitimate question and a legitimate line of thinking. Narrative three is now going mainstream as well. It can't be denied anymore. Although Dr. Fauci was Senator Rand Paul, he said, quote, I totally resent the lie that you are now propagating. He actually called Rand Paul a liar. And what do we do? We sit there and if you're on one side of the political spectrum, you root for Rand Paul. The other side, you root for Fauci. And you don't know the truth about any of it. The NIH now is saying it was all true. So what has Fauci been lying about? Narrative two is the only constant this entire time. And it was pushed rigorously by people like Fauci, his colleagues, and the Chinese. And that's interesting because the line they've been shoveling instantly absolves them from any culpability if there was an actual lab leak or any U.S. involvement. That's the only one that absolves all of this. The problem is, is you know how you, if it came from a, an animal, it would come from a bat. We can't find a bat that has COVID-19 in it. And in fact, we have taken COVID-19 and we've tried to put it into a bat and the bat rejects it. It doesn't manifest in the bat. So if it came from a bat, how come it won't manifest in the bat? This is highly, highly unusual. Researchers now are saying, I, I, I don't have an answer here other than lab leak. What if I could show you that Fauci's first reaction to COVID was not to protect you, but to protect himself and those who have been working on the Frankenstein coronavirus for almost a decade. Would it change anything if you found out that all of the people that said, don't look at the Chinese lab, it's a natural phenomena. Listen to us, get another vaccine. What if I could tell you and prove to you that they are the very same people heavily invested in gain of function research in Wuhan are those people that are now trying to give you another shot of a vaccine that the government co-owns. All right, so let's pick this up. Jason, let's start the day that China uh, finally admits there is a problem. This is December 31st, 19, right? Pandemic day. Okay. These are the Barrick emails uh, obtained by a, a FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act. Uh, you have a right to know. Now, here's what's really interesting. Many of these emails were redacted when they were set out because they had sensitive information in it. But there were like, I don't know, sometimes 25 people on the CC list. What if you could take the Fauci emails and compare them to the emails from all the other people that were CC'd and see if they're redacted in the same place. And when they're not, piece together one full email. That's what researchers have done. And here's what we found. On December 31st, the official day of the pandemic, the first official day, Dr. Barrick sends an email to his buddy, Peter Daszak, and he says, hey, have you heard any news on this? Now, if I'm those guys, and I've been working with Dr. Xi, and it's in Wuhan, and I know what we've been trying to do, you got to imagine how the news of an outbreak was being taken by these guys. Here we have an outbreak of a virus that is similar to the one they've been working on, popping up directly at the location where they've all been collaborating. I mean, I'd be a little freaked out. 
So Daszak responds to his people at, uh, at uh, Echo Health or Eco Health that they are reaching out to, I love this, good sources in China. I wanted to put somebody up on the chalkboard, but I'm not sure who he thinks are good sources in China. So I, I mean, maybe it's not them, probably not, but who else are good sources? Fast forward one week, January 6th. Now it's time for Fauci's NIH to hit up Dazak. The subject line in this email is Wuhan pneumonia. And the purpose was to find out what Dazak's contacts in Wuhan, obviously Dr. Xi in the Wuhan lab, were saying. He responds with, quote, definitely focusing attention on this one, Eric. I spent New Year's Eve talking with our China contacts. I've got a lot more information, but it's all off the record. Wait a minute. Let's see if I can get my arms around this. So the guy who's been the front man or the middle man for the money between Fauci and the Wuhan labs, he, why is he corresponding with a Chinese contact, <coughs> Dr. Xi? And why is it off the record in an official NIH email? We got a pandemic. Let's put it into context, shall we? Do you remember my outbreak chalkboard earlier in the show? Strange things were happening at the Wuhan lab as early as September. Athletes reported other strange things were going down in Wuhan at the World Military Games in October. Then they started to get sick. Official Chinese documents show the hospitalizations from the same month in October. Researchers at the Wuhan lab are getting sick and hospitalized in November. Now, I'm just spitballing here, but maybe that was some of the off-the-record information. Well, that in... Yeah, I mean, we've been working on this kind of virus in the Chinese lab, you know, at the same place of the outbreak. Oh, and by the way, with U.S. money. But don't worry. The NIH owns the patent for the vaccine. Let's fast forward now, January 31st. At this point, we know that Dr. Barrick was talking to Dazek. Dazek was talking to his sources in China. And he was looped in with off-the-record information that he was then transmitting to Fauci's NIH. So we have most of our main players in contact. They all know something and are worried. But on January 31st, Fauci sent this email to two colleagues, Jeremy Farrar and Christian Anderson. Now, this is when it gets really interesting. Anderson is a California biologist. And he is, and Farrar is the head of the Wellcome Trust with two L's. This is one of the largest private funders of medical research in the world. They have um, kind of an uncomfortable dark history with eugenics. Yeah. So the combination of Fauci controlling nearly $4 billion in grant funding through the government and Farrar through private funds it's massive. We already know Fauci was funding the Wuhan lab. We also recently found out that he was funding experiments that killed puppies in a gruesome way. So what else was getting funded through government and private funds? Well, let's go back to the email, shall we? Fauci forwarded this article in an email. It's a medical research funder. That's where he sent it. Uh, and also to Anderson, the virologist. Mr. Anderson, the article mentions or references the work that all of our vaccine arms race players, Dr. Xi, Dazik, and Barrick, all of them, and investigating the origin was the main topic of this article, and it clearly hit a nerve with Fauci. It set off a chain reaction with all of our players. Here's a quote from the Fauci email. This just came out today. You may have seen it. If not, it's of interest to the current discussion. I'm curious, what discussion? Maybe the off-the-record conversations being held between Dazik and Fauci's NIH? Mr. Anderson responds, quote, I should mention that after discussions earlier today, Eddie, Bob, Mike, and myself all find the genome inconsistent with expectations from an evolutionary theory. What does that mean? That means this was lab made. 
Now, as you can see on the NIH website, the virus was sequenced two days prior. They all had an opportunity to analyze it, and the consensus was at that time that COVID-19 had been manipulated in a lab. Now, that's hard to measure the panic in an email, but that's basically what ensued. The very next day, February 1st, Fauci sent his deputy an email. Quote, it is essential that we speak this a.m. Keep your cell phone on. I have a conference call, likely be over at this time. Read this paper as well as the email that I will forward to you now. You will have tasks today that must be done. The email he forwarded was the same article that questioned COVID's origin. And that mentioned all of our players. Now take a look at the attachment that Fauci added to the email. Barrick, she, et al., nature medicine, SARS, gain of function. The email subject line was important. He wanted to keep his phone close and to get a read on what Barrick and she had been doing since 2013. And I'll add, with the NIH funding through uh, DAZAC. Now take a look at the deputy's immediate response. Quote, the paper you sent me says the experiments were performed before the gain of function pause, but have since been reviewed and approved by NIH. Not sure what that means since Emily is sure that no coronavirus work has gone through the P3 framework. She'll try to determine if we have any distant ties to this work abroad. Panic. Sorry, let me play this for you one more time. Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect mm -hmm. that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute Do they fund of Dr. Barrick? We do not fund... Do you fund gain, Dr. Barrick's gain-of-function research? Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research. Does not do gain-of-function research? Everybody was talking about it in 2015. Fauci was sending his, his deputy urgent emails with documents that had gain-of-function in the description. Now, how does he actually deny this to Rand Paul or anybody? They then scrambled to see if they had any, quote, ties to this work abroad. They have researchers just like I do, and I'm sure they're very capable. I hope they are. So surely they went to their grants and saw this like we did. I'm sure they went to their own website where Dr. Barrick and Dr. Xi published their little Frankenstein coronavirus research. Check out the acknowledgments section. Quote, supported by grants from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. USAID EPT predict funding from EcoHealth Alliance. Hmm. There was a lot more funding. And I could go on, but the evidence is clear. Did they have any ties to this work abroad? Dr. Xi is listed on the project. EcoHealth, working directly with her. U.S. taxpayer funds from the NIH go to EcoHealth. Then, then they go to Xi. Taxpayer funds are all over this. Of course, we reached out to Dr. Fauci. We want to be fair. The NIH, we reached out to them to get an on-the-record response for why they officially lifted the pause. But so far, we have not received a response. Panic. Fauci and Farrar, maybe the two largest grant funders for medical research, like Barrick and Cheese, organized a meeting the very same day. They included some of the most influential virologists they could muster, including Christian Anderson. Now, this is important. Two days prior, he said COVID looked like it was manipulated in a lab. Anderson was to give the meeting a summary and Farrar was there to discuss the next steps. Now, 
I have to assume now that everybody in the meeting was very aware that Barrick, she, um, EcoHealth Alliance and U.S. government funding was all wrapped up into a nice little ball. They knew Barrick and she had the tools to make a coronavirus more transmissible to humans. So what would those next steps include? Now, in a normal world, those steps would probably include coming clean about what really happened. And my theory is, if they actually would have said something right then, they'd have lumps to take. But it wouldn't have been a very big deal at the time. I mean, they take their lumps, their lumps of full investigation on what really happened at the Wuhan lab, and we would have moved on, really, I think. Most of us would have been more receptive to what was going on if they would have handled it that way. But that's not what happened. Let me show you what they did do. Here's a letter that was issued just two days after Fauci's conference call on February 3rd by President Trump's science advisor, Kelvin Drogmeyer. He says, I'm writing to ask the National Academies of Science, Engineering and Medicine to rapidly examine information and identify data requirements that would help determine the origins of 2019 COVID. Sounds good so far, right? But listen to the conclusion, specifically from an evolutionary structural standpoint. So he wants them to investigate and find out, but really concentrate on anything other than the lab. Every email leading up to this announcement seemed to suggest that gain-of-function research and that COVID was being manipulated in the lab was, if not the consensus, at least something to be seriously concerned with. But now we have Trump's science advisor mandating that all investigations should be focused on COVID being natural or evolutionary. First of all, how can all of these people claim to be scientists? They are being told what to investigate and what not to investigate, all the options and data. And second, there is no way President Trump was read in on this. So that leads me to believe that this is collusion between Fauci and the president's science advisor specifically to keep the president in the dark. Now, to be fair, we reached out to uh, Drogmeyer and we asked him to clarify. He actually responded, so that's a point in his favor. He said that the wording specifically as pertaining to the virus being natural in no way limited the investigation to that, specifically. But I still find, find this highly suspect. In the last paragraph of his original letter, he restates that the investigation is needed to, quote, understand the evolutionary origins of COVID-19 and more effectively respond to both the outbreak and, check out this part, quote, any resulting misinformation. Now, I wonder what in misinformation he's talking about, because all of this kicked off after an article mentioned gain-of-function research involving Barrick, Xi, and Daszak with Fauci funding. The letter goes on, requesting a meeting of experts to start investigating. Now, we all know how the government goes. That meeting, what, happened three months later? No. Actually, all of these experts got, to get, got together later that afternoon. I mean, it's almost like they had everybody ready and coordinated maybe during, you know, that conference call February 1st, that panic. The meeting was run by the head of the National Academies of Science, Andrew Pope, the president's science advisor, Kelvin Drogmeyer, and guess who else? Anthony Fauci. Now, I hate to keep pointing this out, but just two days ago, Fauci was at the center of panic mode, sending out documents and articles that showed a clear money trail from gain-of-function researchers in the U.S. and China directly to Fauci's NIH. Now he's headlining a government emergency meeting just a couple of days later, not merely suggesting, but mandating an investigation to, quote, understand the evolutionary origins of COVID-19. So let's call this for what it is. This is a 
This is what's called controlling the narrative, a narrative deemed too dangerous for people like Fauci and those at the top of the food chain that were on the verge of being outed. Now, just think about what we were facing back in February 2020. All of this was going down. We're facing lockdowns, mandates, no idea how many people would die. The Democrats were making this issue their main campaign battle cry. They had to frame everything as a problem of Trump's making. There couldn't be any blame shifted anywhere else. It could not be China's fault. And sure the heck could not been uh, enabled by a career bureaucrat and reckless scientist. Believe science. Don't question science. It had to be Trump's fault. And two of the three men directing this propaganda campaign, and make no mistake, as you will see, that's exactly what it is. They were supposed to be part of Trump's administration. Look at all of these facts. Is there any other way to describe it other than Fauci and the president's science advisor colluding behind the president's back, withholding information from him? Fauci has already been brought in front of Congress, and Rand Paul caught him in a bold-faced lie. Fauci will testify again, but it's probably time to bring in the former president's science advisor as well. Just a few couple questions, like, did you withhold information from the president? Did you ever lie to him? That's what will get it started. But it's too clear that the right people haven't sat in the hot seat yet. Okay, back to our timeline. One day later after this meeting, it's February 4th, and the National Academies of Science responds to the president's science advisor's letter. Even though he was at the conference, he gets this letter. Now, remember, this is less than 24 hours uh, since he has said, hey, we should have a meeting with all of the experts and we should really focus in on what the cause is. Less than 24 hours, this comes in. In a nutshell, it says their little collection of experts has deemed COVID as consistent with natural evolution. Really? No kidding. They were mandated to come to that conclusion. They held a meeting to come to that conclusion and most likely coerced by Fauci, who just days prior seemed absolutely panicked. The letter was produced by the National Academies of Science director, Andrew Pope. And in this email chain, it shows that the conference attendees colluded with him to get all of the wording correct. Now, take a look who attended this conference. Who was involved in this narrative? First, Christian Anderson. Now, wait a minute. Just a few days, less than a week, has gone by where he said on January 20, uh, 31st that COVID-19 was manipulated in a lab. Then, Ralph Barrick the actual father of the first Frankenstein coronavirus who had been working with Dr. Xi at Wuhan, the guy whose signature is on the vaccine transfer agreement owned by Moderna and the U.S. government, the guy who would later do the research on the only government-sponsored COVID treatment, remdesivir. Oh, and there was somebody else there, Peter Daszak. Do I even have to explain that one? Nearly all of the attendees had a dog in this fight. Some, Barrick and Dazek, had direct ties to the Wuhan lab and years of published data on gain-of-function research. There were no dissenting voices. This was a major shot across the bow to anyone looking into the lab leak theory. Any scientist that was looking for funding would have to stay in the narrative. The world's largest public grant distributor was Fauci. The world's largest private distributor of cash was Farrar. And they were leading the charge. Okay. So after that meeting, and after that letter, the assault on expert opinion papers and science journals commenced. Not a week later. No, no, no. February 19th, Peter Daszak, he actually wrote this letter published in the lancet he said quote 
We stand together to strongly condemn conspiracy theories suggesting that COVID-19 does not have a natural origin. Now, in this version, there was zero mention of his insane conflict of interest here. And I say this version because The Lancet was later forced to amend this to recognize the competing interests. But by this time, this little correction came out. The damage has already been done. The narrative took center stage and never left it. A few weeks later in March, Christian Anderson also came out, did a complete 180, and published this paper in in Nature magazine, one of the largest and most respected science uh, journals in the world. The guy who privately told Fauci that the consensus upon all of the scientists that he was talking to was that COVID was manipulated in a lab. He goes to that meeting and now he's saying it's natural. Well, it's convenient, but not nearly as convenient as about what was to happen next. A few months later, in August, both Anderson and Daszak were rewarded by Fauci's NIH with millions of federal funding. Hmm. So the guy who was the only dissenting voice, he changes his opinion and he gets millions. What a good little soldier. They get all the spoils. And this was the message to anyone else out there who might get a little froggy, look into the possibility of a lab leak or anyone that followed the money trail back to Fauci and the government. You know, they now say that scientists are divided over where COVID came from. And now you know why. Do you remember when I said Dr. Barrett corrected his 2015 Frankenstein coronavirus research a year later? adding in funding from the U.S. government to Peter Daszak and EcoHealth Alliance directly to Dr. Xi in China. I told you at the beginning of the show, he left something else out that he didn't upload. And he caught the mistake and he, he corrected it. What he left out was he didn't upload the virus. So when he wrote that thing... When was that, Jason? Wait, can we open up the can we open up all the chalkboards, please? He amended this in May of 2020 and issued a correction. Now, wait a minute. That's something that he did in November of 2015. So he corrects his first mistake of leaving out who funded it. He corrects that in April of the next year. And then we have to wait all the way until May 20th to when he finally uploads the virus. Is it the same one that he worked on in 2015? Was it similar to Dr. Xi's in Wuhan? Why did he go outside the protocol to begin with? I think I know a few senators that should ask these and probably would love to ask these questions. We asked Dr. Barrick to clarify if the virus sequence he left off in 2015 was the same he uploaded in 2020, five years later. We also asked him if it was standard procedure to include all this data in scientific publications. You know the answer already. We haven't received a response. Okay, there's one other thing. And I find this incredible, incredible that we've missed this. And you remember when I, I told you about December 12th, when they signed that deal with Moderna, okay? The government said, we, we, wanna, we want to first make sure that no lawsuits can be had. Then we want to partner with Moderna to be able to make the vaccines. Now, they said that Moderna They had this opportunity here, November 2015. That's when that contract was proposed. Okay, so that's fine. But then it wasn't until December 12th, four years later, that they actually signed the deal. 
Now, I've been through many, many high-level negotiations, but I've never seen anything that started four years before, coincidentally, once they find the Frankenstein virus, and then they negotiate for four years, and what a coincidence, they sign it just before the breakout of COVID. That's weird, isn't it? Let me just let me just go over this quickly, just so you can really understand it, the important parts. The people you need to know, Dr. Ralph Barrick, I'm not assigning ill intent to anybody at this point. These people actually believe that they should check all animals for all viruses and they should find a vaccine for all of them so we'll always be prepared. Okay, I think that's insane, very dangerous, but then again, I've been to the movie theater before. So they actually believe this stuff. Dr. She, the Bat Lady, she and Barrick and Peter Daszak all are in this through the entire thing. That is America and China through a corporation that is being funded by who other than Dr. Fauci's NIH. They did gain of function research. They paid for it. Fauci's people paid for it through EcoHealth. 2015, gain of function. There's lie number one. Then this strange, hey, let's, let's partner with Moderna. I, I don't think this is normal. I'd like to know, did we cut a deal to where we own it, but we're not getting any money for it now that it's being sold? I mean, I kind of feel like if this would have been done with Trump, you'd kind of go, well, at least we're making money, huh? No, no. First of all, we shouldn't be making money on something that is this dire, right? We should be openly giving it to people. But it was paid for, all of this research, paid for by you. All of the research to create a Frankenstein monster, and then all the money to develop this. It was paid for by you. If we are getting paid, where's the money? Where's it going? My feeling is it's going to fund more of this. I said at the beginning of the show, COVID-19, biggest story in the history of the world. It has affected every aspect of our life. Public-private partnerships, coronavirus, Frankenstein monsters, a partnership with China. All of this stuff you can, all of this stuff you can look at when you start to go into here, it starts to get dirty, but you can at least say they were trying to do the right thing. Once you get into this, there's something was going on. Something was going on. And the fact that Moderna started the negotiations with the United States coincidentally the year we found the virus, and then they sign it coincidentally at the same time, I don't buy that. I just don't buy that. But the really disturbing part is the third chalkboard. I should remove Jesus and his mom because I don't think they belong there. The really disturbing part is how you've been lied to and how you have not been able to even ask any questions. Remember, we couldn't even mention the theory of this until about, what, four months ago? Why? I can tell you, they may think it is because it's the best thing for humanity.
But I don't know about you, I'd like to be involved in that conversation. I didn't I didn't I didn't vote for representatives and then just let them do whatever they want and keep secrets from me. I'm very bothered by the fact that we are a co-owner of that. Now, it could be simple of explanation, but this is unusual. We don't do things like that. We shouldn't do things like that. But this is the direction we're going. Public-private partnerships. This is the biggest thing that's happened all over the world. The people at the top, their first response was to protect themselves. The deep state wasn't responsive to the elected president. This stuff has all been happening. How many people even in Congress know this? Fauci's legacy took center stage over your health, your mom and dad's health, and now our children's health. Let that sink in for a minute. The federal vaccine mandate is still being pursued by the government, even though the U.S. Court of Appeals has paused it, said stop. If that goes through, how many jobs will be lost? If that goes through and we have even fewer workers that are going and showing up for work, how many more products will not arrive on the shelves? The mandate itself is a racket. The government co-owns the patent and turns around and tells everybody you don't have a choice, you have to take it. This government doesn't see us as objects. I'd like to say they see us as customers, but that's not even right. 24-7, you hear vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. What's going to be said about these facts, these facts, which you can get yourself, please get them. You say anything outside of the narrative and you'll be shut down on places like YouTube. Are we still on YouTube? Still on YouTube. Can't believe it. How long will it last? By the way, I did a promotion for today's show uh, on Instagram. I think I could fit more people in my office than viewed that, at least when I was live. That's impossible. That's impossible. The algorithms are all stacked against. I know this research is right. And I know that what's been happening in our country doesn't feel right. And this does. It makes sense. Let me show you some CDC. These are Fauci's emails, Barrick's emails, Barrick's correction. These CDC emails. These CDC emails were recently released through a FOIA request. Apparently, they were getting a little worried about the definition of vaccine in the era of mRNA technology that they co-own. Sorry, I can't stop saying that. Quote, right-wing COVID-19 pandemic deniers are using your vaccine definition to argue that mRNA vaccines are not vaccines. I hate to ask this from the control room, but do we have the um, Bill Gates audio that just came out last week, the video that where he was giving a talk? Okay, I want to I want to show you what happened here. They are saying now that uh, people are denying science and saying this vaccine is not really even a vaccine. God forbid you say it's not an effective vaccine. But something came out from Bill Gates. Bill Gates last week said this. The economic damage, the, you know, the deaths, it's been completely horrific. And I would expect that will lead the R&D budgets to be focused on things we didn't have today. Listen you know, to this. We didn't have vaccines that block transmission. We got vaccines that help you with your health. 
but they only slightly reduce the transmissions. We need a new, a new way of doing the vaccine. So we got a new vaccine that helps you with your health and barely blocks transmission. Okay, hang on. Then that's not a vaccine. That's a therapeutic. This is yet, it seems, another failure from Moderna. Remember, they they failed on everything before. And now they need the government arm to shut people up so it's not a failure. In fact, they've gone so far now as defining a vaccine differently. This is how the CDC used to define it. The act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce immunity to a specific disease. Okay, you notice it says that it produces immunity. It's introduced into your system and your body produces the immunity. Well, here's the problem. Uh, Apparently, just us crazy right wingers, We know that people who get the vaccine are not immune. They can still get sick and a therapeutic, not a vaccine, a therapeutic will make it so it's not so bad, but you still can carry the disease and you can spread the disease. So going off their own definition, their co-owned vaccine isn't really a vaccine. And if it is a vaccine, it's a crappy vaccine. Well, they couldn't have it that way, could they? I mean, we got to have customers. We are not only, we're on a two-track system. We want to make sure that everybody knows you answer to me, the government and Fauci, and you will do what we say. They need to make sure that everybody sees that public-private partnership is making that company very, very wealthy, even though it's a kind of an iffy thing. So the so the the CDC Facebook has just pulled the show. The CDC Ministry of Truth actually changed the definition to this: the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce protection from a specific disease. Not immunity, protection. That's a therapeutic. Now that they've changed the, the, the definition, crisis averted, go get your shot. I'm so disheartened. I mean, expected. I'm so disheartened that Facebook, what is it here? What, what is it about the, the actual documents that they're afraid of? And why is Facebook so concerned with this? I mean, I'm, I'm just questioning, where did it come from? Do you think that's important as we look for a more effective vaccine? a more effective therapeutic? Wouldn't it be good if we knew the origin? It's always been important before. Shouldn't we as human beings on the planet, not just Americans, but on the planet, have a voice when we're talking about creating viruses in a lab so we can find the vaccine? Some people will think that's responsible. A lot of other people will think that's madness. That's madness. Why take that risk? Shouldn't we, as fellow human beings, have a voice at the table? Or is it only the elites that can say that? This is the fundamental principle of America. You don't control me. You work for me. Now I hire you to make decisions because I can't be up on everything, but this is a pretty big one. Not only did you hide it in a in a uh, hurricane bill, you hid the protection and the partnership that was coming for pharmaceutical companies. 
You're protecting them, so I don't have the right to sue them. Okay, maybe it's good for the collective because that's what we have to do. I guess, never done it before, but I guess. But then you're protecting them and you're not letting me question things. You're not, you're not telling me and I can't talk about things that are side effects. When I watch TV and I see, you know, two people in a bathtub. First of all, who has two bathtubs? Why, if you want to have sex, maybe you should get into one tub. That's a different story. When I see that, and it's a 60-second commercial, at least 20 seconds demand from the government a must-do in all of those commercials. They have to tell you about every, every possible side effect. But have you noticed we can't even talk about It's like there's no side effects. This is the perfect vaccine. Come on. By the way, they're asking for even more of your money to keep doing everything I've been showing you tonight. The NIH wants a 20% budget increase. The NIH is Dr. Fauci. He is the highest paid person in our government. I'd never even heard of him before. And now, after all of this, and all of this is true. He's asking us for another $9 billion. I've got a couple of questions. How much of that will continue going towards risky uh, research? Funding, maybe research in countries like China, who are clearly our adversary. How much of it will be used to cover your own mistakes and lie to the American people? Does anybody actually represent you? Is there not a single person in the mainstream corporate media that has the intellectual curiosity to follow any of this and just ask some legitimate questions? Is there anybody? Is there anybody in the media that isn't in full lockstep with you being shut out on every decision and you must follow the plan? Is there anyone in the media that thinks that's going to work out well for them if they decide ever to question somebody who's in government? Once you've given the government that power, that's usually when uh, in Russia, Members of the press who are curious suddenly get very, very sad and throw themselves off of roofs. Lockdown. Mandates. Things we have never seen in America. Lost loved ones. And loved ones that were lost because of governors saying you've got to take COVID patients. You've got to put them into the nursing homes. No one is really held responsible for that. We have an open border, and yet we're forcing American citizens to have this vaccine, but we're not requiring that from people who are coming into our country illegally, and we're giving them free bus tickets or free airplane and free housing in another city. And they're doing that in the cover of night. We have supply chain issues. Do you think anyone, anyone, seriously, you know who's in charge of, of this? Is, his job title is Secretary of Transportation. This is all a transportation. He took two months off. Let me ask you something. If your wife gave birth, not an adoption, actually pushed that thing out and then was really suffering from it, and you had a job that was to try to solve the biggest transportation issue that we have had possibly ever in America, and time was in the, of the essence, even with the postpartum blues and everything else that his husband had, uh, didn't have, because he didn't push anything out of anything, don't you think even your wife you would go to and say, honey, 
I'm going to hire help. I will be here as much as I can. I will even work from home. But this is about the country. And we have to solve this now. And I'm the guy responsible for it. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. Why? Who's running this show? They're all covering their own backsides. And that was the thing that we found at the very beginning of this pandemic. In a strange way, I want to thank Dr. Fauci for showing the country what they really think about us. They're people that only care about themselves. And people like us are a statistic. We're cattle and they're the ranchers. We're going into Thanksgiving. And I would ask you this holiday season, when you get together with your loved ones and the people that maybe you don't love so much because they've been such a pain in the neck, that you enter with malice toward none and charity toward all. And you sit down and you just listen to them with empathy. And you don't try to win the argument. You let them know first, nothing will change your love because you're family. And we have to love our family. And sometimes it's hard. Just had this conversation with my son recently. I love you. I don't want to right now, but I love you. And I always will. But I just want you to ask a few questions. Here are the documents. Can you just look at them? And tell me what part of this makes you say, I trust them. I don't need to ask any questions. Nothing would please me more than continue blasting the truth across the public airwaves to you. Unfortunately, the hour is growing late and we need to end our live stream to YouTube in a few minutes. Um, or we will lose the platform on YouTube. We might have lost Facebook now. I don't know what kind of punishment we'll get for that just for asking reasonable questions. I've already mentioned countless times before, not just today, big tech is part of that public-private partnership. And they are in the middle of the Great Reset. Build back better. Every congressman should be called. Every senator should be called by you. And tell them in no uncertain terms, you will never forget their name. And you will do everything in your power to campaign against them if they give the keys, the final pieces of this great reset puzzle over to people who do not answer to us and think they're above answering to us. Big tech is part of this, and they are determined to silence anyone who goes against their narrative. It's time for every American to choose. How much are you willing to put up with? And I'm not saying that you do anything. In fact, I strongly urge that if you say, I just, I just want to go shake them, you don't do that. You don't do that because we lose because they want you. They want you. They need you to strike out. We, the people, just need to stand up. Look, look at the difference of what's been happening with CRT. They know what's going on. And the media every day discredits themselves even more. I think they're at a 12%, I'm not kidding, a 12% approval rating. 12% of the American people trust the media. Nobody's even watching them. But you need to send a very clear message. We do hear the truth. And we stand collectively as individuals. And we know the truth will set us free. And if we make mistakes, we will correct them. But they can't have you thinking that you are not alone. Um, they need you to be ignorant because you're easier to control. 
They cannot have you rising up and demanding your freedom and liberty from their draconian edicts. They need your big employer that's in on the public-private partnerships to come. They need them to send a message to you. You're not going to find a job. You know what? For the first time in my life, I can begin to relate to the last lines of the Declaration of Independence. Our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. We've already lost our honor if we go along with the lies we're being told and we don't stand up. Not to speak is to speak. We're now being asked our fortunes. Most people don't have a fortune, and that's what concerns them. But people who do have a fortune, they don't want to lose it either. But I would rather lose my fortune than my soul. And if I don't stand up for the freedom of my children and your children and my grandchildren and your grandchildren, I will lose my soul. We need to take the rest of this evening to our private network where we can ask honest questions. If there's anything that you have seen tonight that you don't understand, you'd like more clarity on, you have questions that you haven't felt comfortable to ask, I don't know of a person that is better than Steve Dace on this. Daniel Horowitz, who is a wildly rational guy, is here, and the guy is like a computer. He stores everything. And also Dr. Ryan Cole are waiting eagerly to dive into what was revealed tonight and expand on the revelations. And to answer the questions on COVID, you have been banned from asking. Uh, let's go to uh, Steve now. Hi, Steve. Glenn, uh, if we haven't yet been banned from Twitter, I just want to throw my hat in the ring and get the hashtag. Glenn Beck didn't kill himself. I want to get that going here this evening. Can you go ahead and confirm for our audience you are having no suicidal ideations? You have not recently mm. considered taking your own life. I just think we should clarify that perhaps after the last two-hour program we just produced yeah. here on Blaze TV. Uh, I am uh, of sound mind and of a cheerful heart. I am more determined than ever, and uh, you can throw me off the air, you can throw any of us off the air, but I know, Steve, you and so many of us, if we have to go and walk because we don't have cars, we will walk from town to town and we will tell the truth as we understand it. They're not going to silence us. They're just not. And that's okay if that's the game they want to play, but they are on the wrong side of the history uh, of mankind. And as Rand Paul said so, uh, so, so assuredly, history will judge that. History will judge that. Um, all right, we're going to start with you. Um, I do want to thank um, all of the people uh, that have helped on this research. Uh, Ricky, can you give me... Yeah, Charles Rixey. Charles Rixey is uh, a guy who has really been helping us with all of this. He is part of a group of people who are just, I mean, they're curious. Some of them are scientists. Some of them are just good computers. A SARS-like virus now reached the United States. This really came from a market that sold seafood and put the mask back on. I want to tell you a little something about trust. It may be the most important thing you can have in this life. Can I not clearly explain the circle of trust to you, Greg? No trust, no healthy relationships. No trust, you're paranoid at work. No trust in God, no faith. No trust, and every institution will crumble. We've lost trust, all of it, and not just in America, throughout the entire damn world. And it's really no mystery why. They lied to us over and over and over and over and over again. The NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research. We didn't give them this much power. They took it with all those lies, and they still are. We did fight back. We may not agree with them, but the rules are the rules. And we still are. FDNY personnel who oppose the mandate are making their feelings known. They have so much control with blackmail, lies, manipulation, money. Their slimy, evil tentacles are wrapped around every institution, every avenue that could possibly lead us to truth. Every avenue but this one. 
We're just one of the few that refuse to submit, refuse to bend the knee, refuse to let this COVID catastrophe go unanswered. Because without trust, this nation fails. And the only way to restore trust is with a little bit of truth. It makes me very uncomfortable to have to say something, but he is egregiously incorrect in what he says. Thank you. Thank History you. will figure that out on its own. Truth is the only way to restore this nation and to restore every fiber of freedom that runs through. So tonight, we expose the truth of what happened. Not only the origin, the moves, the players involved in this entire pandemic narrative that is destroying us, but we'll show you the cover-up of all of it as well. Tonight, crimes or cover-up? Exposing the world's most dangerous lie.